Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Wesley, Senior Pastor of Greater Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. Our mission is to reach, teach, and baptize throughout the world, beginning in our community, fulfilling the Great Commission by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit until Jesus returns. That simply means we're here to reach irreligious people and turn them into lifelong devoted followers of Jesus, equip them for a place of service in the church, and send them out on a mission for Christ in the world. We're glad you're with us today. I command blessings on you and your family today. So I want you to turn again with me to the book of Isaiah, the prophecy of Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, uh, verses 18 and 19. And there, these two verses in context speaks volume to us. Remember ye not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Ye shall not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This is the word of God for the people of God. And today I'm talking again about how to make a fresh start. Fresh start. See, see. Let me help y'all. When, when I, after we grew up in a large family and all of us began to move out of the house and we began to work, mom still cooked every day. And all of us would come by the home house. Some would come on the early shift and get it when it was hot. And some would come a little later, but it would still be the same meal. So some of them came early this morning, and they got the first batch. And you are here now to get the second batch of what's left. <laughs> but it's good. See, I already know it is because I know what's in it. And, and what, I'm, what I'm trying to communicate today is there is a need for many people, many people, to want to have a fresh start. The, 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 the new year is now in. We've anticipated, we've gone through the holidays, the Christmas and the New Year's and all, and, and we all look forward to 2024 for different reasons. Some people were really glad that 23 is gone because it brought with it so much pain and so much disappointment. And now they're ready for a fresh start. Some, some, some people, finances was crazy last year. I mean, it just didn't go the way you had hoped. And you're looking for a fresh start. 
Some people's relationships turned upside down. They flipped. She tripped. He tripped. It just seemed that they, we just couldn't get on the same page for whatever reason. And so we're glad now 24 is here because we want a fresh start in a relationship. Somebody looking for a brand new one. Old boo had to go. New Year brings, hopefully, a new situation. There are all kinds of reasons, spiritually, we want a fresh start. Want a closer walk with God. Want to do more. Want to read the word. Want to get into it. Want to study. Want to commit ourselves a little deeper. So in a real sense, somebody's crying out from the depth of their own heart, Lord, I need a fresh start. I mean, I expect it. I really do. I'm looking for a fresh start. I'm looking for God to do some amazing things in this year. I really am. And, and, and I, I, I remember what his words say. His words say in, in, in the book of Ephesians, unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to ask or think according to the power that's at work in us. God can do it. And God wants to do it. That's the good news for everyone here this morning that you don't have to continue to go down sorrow trail. The value of a new year is like the value of a new day. It's like when you get up in the morning and you open your curtains. Here is a brand new day. Here is a brand new year. And the scripture text said, don't think about the things that are past. God has put a lock on that. He's closed that door. And he's opening up a brand new door. And I don't care whether you're young. I don't care whether you're in the middle stream of life or whether you have reached the pinnacle. You still haven't gotten a place that God wants you to go yet. There's still more to God than you know. There's still more that he can do with you and for you and through you. And that's what the fresh start is all about. And in some cases, we know that we messed up. I mean, I know you messed up. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I messed up. I didn't do everything right. I didn't say it all the way it should have been said. Sometimes my attitude wasn't good. Sometimes my behavior wasn't right. Sometimes my thought process wasn't as divinely inspired as it should. Said some things I ought not have said. Did some things I wish I hadn't done. I'm just going to tell the truth now. You can deny it if you want to, but I'm just speaking here. And because of all that, that makes me want a fresh start. I know you're looking in church and you're looking all dignified and holy and you want the cross to dangle and people to see it and you want to be in the prayer posture. Ask you if you've been all of that. Remember, God looking too. <laughs> he knows your name. <laughs> he knows my name. That's why I can say it like it is. But the beautiful thing about it is that God has a forgiving nature about himself. And, and, and he has a blessing that he has already labeled just for you. Let me help you see it here. Isaiah, the prophet, the writer, 
See, it, 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 whenever you read the Bible, you got to know who's talking. And then you got to know who they're talking to and what they're talking about. So let me, let me, let me help you there. I, Isaiah was a prophet. He, he, he was a poet. He grew up in a priestly family. He was of the upper echelon of the people of Judah, Jerusalem. He hung around and hobnosed and brown-nosed with kings. He was in and out of the palace a lot. Isaiah was special. But you know, his testimony comes in, 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 in the sixth chapter. He said, it was in the year that King Uzziah died, or Uzziah died, that I also saw the Lord. And I said, I got to go to church. And, and Isaiah's life changed, baby. And, and God called him to the prophetic office to be a spokesperson for God. And, and what God had to show him, it was not always pleasant. Because God let him look into the life and practices of the people of his day. And, 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 and what he, did he see? He saw that the people of his day were idolatrist. Not, not adulterous, idolatrous. They worshiped false gods. And, and he knew that that aggravated Jehovah God. And, and, and he saw in the way that God revealed to him that God was going to have to deal with the nation of Israel because of that sin. God had sent prophet after prophet to uh, plead with the people of Israel to turn away from those idol gods and to turn to him. But they continued to do it, just like us. I mean, how many people have said, I ain't going to do it no more? I ain't going to say it no more. I ain't going to act like that again. And you turn right around because there is something on the inside of you that enjoyed what you were doing. Hello, somebody. And, and, and the children of Israel, you got, you got to understand, I was explaining this on the prayer call the other morning, that, that what happened to them, what happened to them, they, 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 they pledged when they were in the wilderness before they got into the promised land, oh, whatever you say the Lord, we'll do it. We're going to follow you whole with our hearts. God wanted, when you go into that land, the land of Canaan, the blessing that I'm going to give you, he said, you're going to have to be careful because there are some people that got idol gods in there, and I don't want you to have no other God before me. Oh, no, whatever you say, God, that's what we're going to do. But then they got in the promised land, and they saw the worship practices of the Canaanites. See, the Canaanites and Hittites and Hivites and Gergeshites and Amorites they, 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 they worshiped a God called Baal. Baal was the man. And, and the female counterpart part was, was, was called Ashtoreth. And because the land of Canaan was known as the Fertile Crescent, the way they believed that they could grow their crops was that the male and the female had to get together and, and do what male and female do when they do get together. And so the children of Israel saw that was the way they worshiped, that their worship service was a big party, and it turned into a, 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 a sexual orgy. Man, one by one, they began to put up their finger. We're going to change churches, buddy. 
we're going to leave this church over here. <laughs> we're going over here with these Canaanites. <laughs> and so they got in the worship practices with the Canaanites. And even though the prophets were coming saying, come on back over here. This, this is God's people. You are God's people. You are special. You don't need to be bothered. They said, yeah, we, we, we know what you're saying. But, but this, I don't know, Lord. We're going to hang out over here for a little while. <laughs> Isn't that the way sin go? And so the children of Israel stayed in sin. And God punished them. He told the prophet Isaiah, he said, they're going into captivity. I'm going to raise up a nation called Babylon and they're going to carry these people up out of the land that I've given them and they're going to go and be gone for 70 years in the land of Babylon. But Isaiah, when he was living, it had not yet happened. See, this is showing you what prophecy does. Prophecy at this time was showing the future. So God was showing Isaiah the future of what was going to happen with Israel. But in spite of showing the punishment that they were going to receive, God also showed him the blessing that they were going to receive. So Isaiah was able to see both sides of God's nature. He was able to see God's judgment, and he was able to see God's mercy. He was able to see God's punishment against the people, but he also saw God's blessing. And he speaks in the book as if both were happening at the same time. So he says to the people of Israel, he says that God said, you're going into captivity. But don't worry. I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm going to give you a fresh start. I'm going to let you enjoy it while you're there. You can let your hair down. You might as well enjoy the trip because you're going to be there 70 years. And he used another prophet to tell them, he said, now you're going to need to go ahead and work while you're there, build your houses and have your families and do everything else. And when I'm ready to bring you back home, then I'm going to bring you back home. Now, let's interpret that. Let's look at that, what it's saying here. God said to them, if you look at the first verse of, of the, the 43rd chapter here, he says to them, he says to, to Jacob, that's another name for the nation of Israel, he said, but thus saith the Lord, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've already brought you back. I've already saved you. I've already forgiven you. I've already looked past you. But because you got to go into this new year, there's going to be some things that's going to happen, and everything is not going to be pleasant. He says, so look at, look at verse 2. He says, so when you pass through the waters, not if you pass through, but you're going to go through some deep stuff this year. And he said, and when you pass through the water, don't you worry because you're not going to be drowned. And when you go through the fire, and there are going to be some people who are going to go through the fire. How many know there are some people in the fire right now? But you won't be burned. That's what the Lord is saying. And because he said, I am the Holy One of Israel. I am your God. I am the one. 
and beside me. I am the Lord, and there is no other one beside me. Even these false gods that you've been worshiping, they are no real gods. I am the true deal. And then he says to the people of Israel, and this nation Babylon, if you go down to verse 14, he said, I'm going I'm to take care of them. You ain't even got to worry about them. I'm going to knock them out. I'm going to call you back from there, and I'm going to bless you. And then look at where he says what I, what I read for you this morning. Verse 18, he said, now, remember ye not the former things. In other words, it's time to let some of the stuff go. Don't, don't stand around and cry all year long because I had to deal with you for doing what you did. He said, don't even let it come up no more. Don't remember it no more. Now, interpret it, Wesley's Axiom 101. Stop thinking so much about what happened last year. Whatever that was, whatever mistakes, whatever challenges, whatever difficult, it is gone. And God is saying, look at, look at verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. In other words, I'm going to give you a fresh start. Now, the question is, how many here today want a fresh start? Do you want a fresh start? Do you want the blessing? Do you want what God has for you in the new year? Now, you wrote down your dreams. You wrote down your plans. And some of it may have been of God, but some of it may have just been you. Or maybe them greens. But God says, I want you to have a fresh start. So my, my task this morning is to tell you how. How you can have that fresh start. So how do you have a fresh start? You start. That's how you do it. You start. You start when? Now. You start today. And you move forward into this year with God leading and with the promises of God already. So what we're going to do is we, we, we're going to take the word start and we're going to break it out. And, and teach from the text what you need to do to have a fresh start. So the word start is spelled S-T-A-R-T. All right? That ought to be easy enough to read. So I'm going to give it to you in a portable suitcase so you can carry it home. So S. What are we going to have to do if we're going to start? First thing we're going to have to do, we're going to have to stop making excuses. See, See, there are, there are some people, man, that, that, that the people of Israel, you got to understand them first. And what I'm going to do is run the parallel, show you what they did, show you what we do, show you what God says, show you what he wants us to understand. The children of Israel made every excuse why they worshiped those other gods. But see, God, you, you didn't know what the Canaanites were doing. They, I just went over there innocently. And, and, and before I knew it, see, man has always made excuses. When Adam and Eve got caught in the garden for having, having partaken of the forbidden tree, Adam's, God said, Adam, what did you do? He said, I didn't do nothing. The woman you gave me, she gave me the fruit and I did eat. The woman said, I didn't do it. The serpent, he, he tricked me and, and so I did eat. So man has always specialized in making excuses. But what we got to understand is you can never go forward as long as you maintain that victim mindset, you are not a, an eternal victim. 
the truth is you have got to learn how to take responsibility for what you have done. How many, how many know in the, in the case of the boo in you, each one of you got something to contribute to the situation. It's usually not all him, and it's usually not all her. Usually each one have a little part to play, but you got to be willing to accept what? Your part in it, and not always be saying, Ugh. Stop making excuses. If you're gonna make, if you're gonna make a fresh start, then it's gonna start with the excuse elimination. It's gonna start with the responsibility being accepted. The truth is, most of us know that we paid the down payment on the trouble. We bought the property that the trouble is on. And so we've got to stop making excuses. Listen to what the word of God says now. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13 says, A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. Let me put it another way. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Is that right? So we got, we, got, we got to accept the responsibility. Number, the number one reason people don't succeed, uh, number one reason people fail in life is because we don't honestly prepare ourselves for the problems that we're going to face. If God gives you a warning and says, hey, look, you're gonna, they, they, they got some game over there, you're going to have to be careful if you're going to go around those folk. You got to be careful. Mom used to give us warning all the time. She said, now, look, if you play with trash, you're going to get some of it in your eye. If you play in dirt, you're going to get some of it on your clothes. So sometimes we can know the warning, but we don't heed them. And so we got to take the responsibilities. We got to understand that we got to be willing to take our part in the problem. A sensible man, Proverbs 28, 20, verse 7 says, a sensible man watches for the problems and prepares to meet them, but the fool never looks ahead, and therefore he suffers the consequences. So, so listen, 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 listen. There are games in 24, and people play them every day, and you need to be aware of them. And some of us are big gamers ourselves. I know you don't like it, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. You know, another reason we don't accept the responsibility for ourselves is because we don't like to listen. How many know listening is hard? Listening is a difficult skill. We go to school, we learn how to read, we learn how to write, we learn how to count, but we don't learn how to listen. I guarantee you, I admit it, counseling sessions that I participate in, the number one problem that people acknowledge is we got a communication problem. Okay, then we start talking about it, and nobody want to listen. She want to out-talk him, he want to out-talk her, and no one wants to listen. And consequently, no one listens. <laughs> the problem remains. <laughs> but let me tell you what, what you need. You need some good advice. You need to learn to listen. But here's what Proverbs 15 says. It says, plans fail without good advice. When you, when, you, 
when you, when you don't listen to the folk God put around you to help you, to bless you, you, you can't grow. So you, you, you can't get that fresh start. If God, okay, you come to church, okay, you come to church, the preacher's up here to do what? To preach God's word to you. But you got to be willing to listen and then take responsibility and heed the word. This is not entertainment center. This is not BET. We're here to give you the truth. But you've got to be willing to listen and make the start that you need. Otherwise, I mean, God gives you husbands. He gives you wives. Sometimes we don't ever want to listen to them. He gives you people to work with, bosses and other folks. We don't want to listen to them. And as a result of that, when we don't listen and we won't hear the advice from anyone, then how in the world can change occur? God sent prophet after prophet after prophet to the people of Israel and said, come on now, you, 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 you're playing with fire. Come away from that. Turn back to God. But you know what? It's called, it's called pride, isn't it? Uh, ego, and you know what ego stands for, don't you? Edging God out. And that's what we have done. And so that's why we need a fresh start. We need a fresh start. But I tell you, I tell you, pride comes before fall, doesn't it? And Israel got lifted up in itself before the Babylonian captivity ever even occurred. And unfortunately, it's happening in our nation. It's happening. It's a trip. Man, I was reading the other day that the false narrative that was put on the January 6th, the spin that was put on that caused the, the, the change in this nation. Other people can't even accept responsibility. I ain't going to call nobody name, but they cannot accept responsibility for their part in it. Because they've allowed others to feed a false narrative. And now everybody, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to believe. They don't know which way to go. We need a fresh start. We've got to stop making excuses. But i tell you one other thing that keeps people from making that fresh start is that many people, when they decide to make a fresh start, they quit too soon. They give up too soon. Sometimes people get so frustrated within themselves because you said, I'm going to change. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start the year off right. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to exercise. And you do one push-up, and then you quit. One, one push-up and you don't see no bugs. <laughs> say, oh, I ain't doing no more. And we quit too soon. How many know the darkest hour is just before the dawn? Failure. We'll accept failure because failure is the path of least resistance. It's so much easier to just give in than to stay with it. And that's what prevents us from making a fresh start. But if we're going to make a fresh start, then we got to do what? Stop. Anybody in here? We got to stop making excuses. All right, that's the answer. The second thing we got to stop doing if we're going to make a fresh start is that word got a T in it. And T is for taking inventory of my life. You got to look at yourself. Yes, you may have lost some things. Yes, you may have given up some things. But what do you have left? You got to look around because I guarantee it's more that's left. There's more of you that God got still. 
They may have taken off a little piece of you last year. They may have hurt you. People can hurt you. People can disappoint you. But it doesn't minimize who you are. But you have to look within and see what's left. Got to take inventory. God has blessed you with many experiences over the years. I mean, no, last year was a great experience. I learned something last year, baby, that I just would not have known. I would not have believed that certain things could have happened to me. Me. Got tricked. But I learned from it. What about you? What did you learn? Do you learn from your experience? What about five years ago? What about 10 years ago? What about years past and some of the things you may have learned already? That's still yours. That's your knowledge now. That's your understanding. That's for your benefit. Some young girls now, you're supposed to learn something. He come with that same grin. He come with that same lie. You better be able to learn something. You better be able to see through the game. But I know, how many know that we learn from our mistakes? We learn more when we mess up than when we do when we're not messing up. I learn more from my mistakes than I do from my, my victories. Everybody does. I mean, man, if you, we're talking football here. I don't want to get into that. But teams learn more from their mistakes when they go into the film room and they look and they see, oh, that's what happened. That's the way it should have been. That's where I should have gone. I didn't see that guy coming over. And I threw the ball in the wrong place. And we learn from those things. I pray to God that we learn from our mistakes. I pray to God that we'll take inventory over what we have done. Do you know God uses four things to help us grow? Four things God helps us grow. First, he uses our personal experiences. See, you can't, God doesn't make each one of us the same. And so consequently, what he teaches you through your personal experience are designed to help you grow. And not only will God use your personal experience to help you grow, but God will use your vocational, your work, and God will use your educational experience to help shape you. See, you, we, you could go to the same school, but you work on a different job. And if you work in the same place, you still have a different responsibility. And God uses those things to shape you. God uses your spiritual experiences to bless you. God uses your time in coming to church. He uses your time in prayer. He uses your situation, your Bible studies, and all of that to develop a deeper understanding in you. And yes, God will use your painful experiences. Sometimes I say it like this, God will break your heart sometimes to save your life. And you have to take us through it because we just would not learn it any other way. So what you have to ask yourself now is, what have I learned? What have I learned? You can't look at all of life and all of these painful things and all this work experience and all of these challenges that we have and say, I've learned nothing. You're supposed to at least learn what not to do. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. You can tell the little baby, don't touch that stove. Stove hot. 
Baby ain't going to believe it. He'll say hot, hot until he touched that thing. And the next time he come near that stove, he says, stove hot, stove burn, baby. Mm -hmm. He learns. And we're supposed to learn too. So whatever you learn, take inventory. Take inventory. What are your assets? What do you have left? What do you have that God can use that can help build your own future? For this year. Amen. I got two, three pennies over there. I'm going to put some of them somewhere else. You know, economy been bad. Interest rate been up. You haven't been able to gain much. But let me just drop just a little hint to somebody, man. You ought to take some of that money that you've been sitting on over there on a 1% account and put it in one of these double-digit accounts. Let it grow, expert grow at least in some way. Same money, it'll still be in the same place. You still won't touch it, but it'll just do something different. Then I think sometimes you have to look around and take an inventory, and you have to decide, who can help me? Who has God put in my space that can help me get to where I'm trying to go? Sometimes the folk are right around you. Now, this girl came up here just a minute ago, and she passed out a check. We used to play ball together. But now that person is in a position that they can help me. <laughs> oh, you got to look around sometime. Sometimes the person is right in your own family. Sometimes it's your husband. Sometimes it's your wife. Sometimes it's your children. Sometimes it's your neighbor. That's why we can't get so hung up on our pride. They might have the very job you're looking for or the very hookup. Let me tell you, last week I was saying we're going to have to put the gospel on TikTok. We're going to have to break it down, man. And somebody that was sitting in here heard what I said, called me during the week, said, hey, look, I talked to somebody in D.C. They need to talk to you. Or they want you to write down what you want to do because we got a hookup for you. Who can help me make the start that I want to make? Well, I got to look around. I got to take inventory. Okay, you got to take inventory of your life. So S stands for what? Stop making any excuses. T, I got to do what? Take inventory of my life. I got to see what, what, I, what I have left. What's the next letter? Hey, And it says you got to act in faith. You, you got to move forward in faith. You, you can't sit around and cry, oh, we're going to captivity. Oh, water is waiting. Oh, fire is waiting this year. No. You got to step out in faith. You got to believe that God has a blessing with your name on it. You got to believe that God has dropped a dream in your heart. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. You know why God will give you the desires of your heart? Because he put them there. But you have to act in faith. You have to believe it. You have to step out on it. You have to trust him. And sometimes God will use other people or situations to activate your faith. Because your faith won't work unless it's put into practice. According to your faith, Jesus said, so it'll be unto you. You know, all of those people that got healed in Jesus' day, they got healed because they acted in faith. There was a Syphonician woman one day who went up out of the way to find Jesus in a house where he and his disciples were trying to hide out. And, and she said, Master, heal, heal my daughter. And Jesus said, you know, he called a woman a dog. 
And, and, and she said, but the Lord, even dogs eat crumbs from their master table. She was not going to be denied. And he said, your faith has made your daughter whole. You go on home and, and check with her. And when she got home, she said, uh, she saw her daughter in clothing her right mind. She said, well, what time did that happen? And they said, yesterday about so-and-so time. And she remembered that was the exact time that the Lord had, had, had got a hold of her. You remember that girl who went to the well at noon? Yeah, she went there to get some water because she got tired of people. She didn't want to hear all of the gossip about herself. But she dropped that water pot after an interview with Jesus. And she ran back into town and says, y'all need to come see a man who looked at me different, who looked, who looked at me in my head and looked at me in my heart, didn't just look at my top and look at my bottom, but this man looked on the inside of me. Faith was activated. She became an instant evangelist. And both boys, I was talking about them this morning. They went to the temple to pray, Peter and John. And they saw a man who'd been there a long time, blind from his birth, begging. And Peter looked at him and said, look, man, I know what you want. You want some money, but silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I unto you. In the name of Jesus, look, he activated the man's faith. He jump-started it. He said, rise and walk. And that boy didn't push up on a box. He didn't push up, pull up on a ladder. He jumped up because his faith was set in motion. And he went into the temple singing and praising God, jumping and shouting. Sometimes you have to step out. You just have to believe that God has it for you. Listen, it's got, so I was saying earlier about a song that I've been hearing on the radio that I like. I really like it. I don't even like the stuff, but that one I like because it says something good is about to happen. <laughs> something God is about to take place. Anybody believe that today? Do you believe that something good is about to happen and how something God it's about to take place, but you got to activate your faith. You got to say it to do it. That's what the song says. You got to say it if you want it to happen. You got to believe it if you want it to happen. You got to activate your faith. I want to tell you today, God wants you to have a fresh start, but you got to stop making excuses. You got to take inventory of your personal life. See what's there. You got to activate your faith. And then R, you got to refocus. See, you've been looking at the wrong thing. You've been looking at the bad side or the dark side, and you're not looking at the bright side. I'm going to know there's a bright side somewhere. <laughs> and you, you, you can't stop until you, until you find it. There is a bright side. Anybody know that's a bright side? Even on the other side of your tears, that's a bright side. Even on the other side of your heartbreak, that's a bright side. But you got to refocus to be able to see it. Sometimes it's hard to see through tears. Sometimes it's hard to see through trials. Sometimes it's hard to see what good God has for you. Even these people, they were already upset. They were already crying, and the captivity hadn't even happened yet. Because they were focused on it, and God wanted them to refocus on him. And that's what I want you to do. He's going to be God. He's going to deal with you. 
when you need to be dealt with. Listen, we praise our earthly parents, and I thank God for mine. I do. And my daddy didn't play. He got on me. He whooped my hips. And my mother got me too sometimes. I had a brother, man, I had six of them, but one of them that was just a little older than me, she'd tell me sometimes, go out there and get me a switch. So I go out there and get the littlest thing I could find. My brother said, hey, mama, don't let him get away with that. Let me go get one. And he come back in with a half a tree. <laughs> and sometimes I would be focused on the wrong thing. I'd be focused on that whipping and not focused on the blessing that it was designed to correct. Sometimes we look at the, the, the difficulty, the challenge that we have to go through, the, the punishment, the correction, the discipline that God has to bring in our life, and we don't look at the other side of it. I remember one day my dad said something to me. I was 12 years old, and he said, he said, look, boy, I would rather whip you than let the police do it. You know, because at that time, you know, we was in segregation, segregated times, and, and, and white police was hurting black young men. And my daddy said, I would rather do it. Because even if I get you, I'm going to be merciful. I'm going to stop at some point. I'm not going to kill you. I'll make you think I am, but I'm not. I want you to focus not on what I'm doing, but on the reason and what's going to come as a benefit of that. And because he did, I'm standing today. Because he did, I haven't been on the other side but to visit. Because he did, I walk out every day with my head up. And I don't have to look over my shoulder worried about somebody coming to do something because I hadn't done what I needed to do. And so we have to, we have to refocus sometimes. We have to refocus our attention. You, you have to be careful how you think because how you think will determine how you feel about things. And if you're thinking wrong things, then you can't help but to feel some kind of way. That's the terminology young people would use. See, I feel some kind of way. <laughs> That's because you're thinking some kind of way. If you change your thought process, you'll feel another kind of way. And that's what I know that needs to happen at the beginning of the new year. If you're thinking that 24 is going to be just a repeat of 23, you need to change some thought process. If you're thinking that all this year is going to do is bring you disappointment and pain and trouble and trial and tribulation, you need to rethink this thing. You need to hear the promise of God. Listen, forget those things that are behind. And look forward to those things which are before. And press on toward this mark for this prize of this high calling that God has for you. We got to change some things. What you think about thinking. Yes, I think everything about it. Paul writes about it in Romans 12. Be transformed. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove, you may demonstrate what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. So somebody, somebody, somebody's holding on to some old thoughts right now. You got to change the way you feel about your family. You got to change the way you feel about work. You got to change the way you feel about your finances. You got to change that thought. You change your thought.
I guarantee you, you can change the outcome. So how you do it? How you change it? First, you got to confess some things. You got to tell the truth. You got to say, look, I've been thinking about this thing the wrong way. I acknowledge I didn't like it. I don't want it like that, but I'm going to change it. The best thing you can do is to turn your attention toward God. Listen to me now, because God's word is full of encouragement for us. God's word tells us exactly what he wants you to do and how he wants you to do it. Listen, what does it say? That man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That man who doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. But that man who delights himself in the law of the Lord. That meditates on that word day and night. God opens that man's life up. Listen to what the scripture said. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Filled with all kinds of nourishment. And his leaf won't wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You want to know what it takes to have a prosperous new year? It needs to be planted by the waters of God. Take that word of God and meditate on it day and night. Turn not to the left hand or to the right hand. Honor your father, your mother. Obey the word of God. Treat people well. Treat people the way you would want to be treated. Not always the way they treat you but the way you would have them treat you. And if you do it like that, I think you, you'll see that there's a difference that God would do. So if, if we're going to make a fresh start this year, what do we got to do? S. T. Now, you don't, some people don't want to make a fresh start, but they don't even remember what I said. Got an A, what? Got an R. All right, then you got T. You got to trust God. That, that, there's no other way. You got to trust God. You're going to have to trust somebody. I've learned in these short years that I've been on the earth that I can't always trust me. But I don't always do it the right way. I don't always think the right thoughts. I try, but I don't always. I got to trust somebody bigger than me, baby. I got to trust somebody who can see further than I can see. I got to trust somebody who has more power than I have. I got to trust somebody who can move stones out of the way, who can cause enemies to be my footstool, who can change things for me, who can bring down nations and raise up resources according to his divine will and plan for my life. I got to trust God. I learned that when I was a kid. Do you know that? My mom wrote that in my autograph book when I was a young boy. She said, this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Then she came back with the second verse. In all of your ways, boy, acknowledge him and he shall direct that path. Then I go to church and I hear him say, I will trust in the Lord, not for a little while, but until I die. They say, I'm going to treat everybody right until I die. And then they turn around and say, I'm going to stay on the battlefield until I die. Because they wanted those new stars. They wanted those opportunities that only God could give. And I don't know what you want for the new year. But I want to start it right. If it started right, you got a chance to finish it right. 
Don't wait till the fourth quarter, the last play. You might not make it. There might be something that can happen that can mess you up. So start off the year with God. Let the Lord lead you. The Lord will take care of you. How many know he'll take care of you? Won't he do it? Yeah, those waters that's in front, they represent those storms. He know how to handle the storms. Everybody believe Jesus know how to handle storms? Is he acquainted with storms? Yeah, one night he was on the boat with the disciples and they were going across the Sea of Galilee. And a storm rose, but Jesus was calm. He went down in the hinder part of the ship and he went to sleep. But the, the, the water started getting crazy. The waves started zigzagging and rocking the boat. The boat started to get filled with water and the disciples felt that their lives were in peril. And somebody said, Jesus is on board. I think we ought to wake him up. And somebody went down and woke him up and they said, Master, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus said, oh, y'all boys worried about the storm. I know how to handle the storm. And he stood up on the ship and he looked at the storm and he said, what? Peace, be still. How many know that when the Lord says peace, there'll be peace. In your home, there'll be peace. On your job, there'll be peace. In your community, there'll be peace. Whatever the Lord says, there'll be peace. Peace, peace. Master, come on, call on him. Tell him what's wrong. The tempest is raging. Billows are tossing high. Tell you what, that was 23. 24, it's going to be peace. Goodwill. Doors open. Doors of the church open. Somebody might want a new opportunity today. Might want a new chance. Might want to walk out. Might want to come into the fold. Might want Jesus coming to your heart. This is where you start. This is it. This is your moment. This is it. Might be somebody else here today. This is your year. This is your year. No shelter. All right, God bless you. Yeah. This is your moment. The door open. Come on, come on, come on. I see y'all. Oh, 
Hey friends, this is your friend again, Dr. Michael Wesley, Senior Pastor of Greater Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. And I'm back again to talk about this book. We've introduced this book to you before, and we want to tell you a little bit more about it today. We want to talk today about the impact that materials can have. All of us are impacted by something. We're impacted by experiences. We're impacted by things that we have heard and seen and experienced in our life. And this book really shares a lot of the impact that has been made in my life through 48 years or 45 years of being married, 50 years of being with the same lady. And I tell you, when I first got married, there were a lot of things I just did not know. But over the years and over the times, I've gained tremendous insights. And I've written down those insights and made them available in this book. Friends, in addition to the book that we have been discussing, So You Want to Be Married, I've also been fortunate enough to share insight and impact through other books that we have written. The first book that we ever wrote was When God Changes a Church, It Becomes the Church for the Unchurch. The second book is a very important book, Pathways to Church Growth, Reaching the Unchurched. And the third book, Everybody Deserves a Good Funeral. I've seen so many funerals, I've participated in quite a number, and there are mistakes sometimes that are made. This book gives great insight and comfort to those who are going through the process. And finally, the book that we're featuring today, So You Want to Be Married. Follow the prompts on the screen and find out how these impactful books may also impact your life. Friends, this is Michael Wesley, Senior Pastor of Greater Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. We really appreciate all of the love and support that you have shown to us through these broadcasts. We've been hearing from people and our friends all over, and we want you to pray about being a supporter and a prayer partner and a supporter of this television ministry. If you believe the Holy Spirit has ministered the Word of God to you and you'd like to see this ministry continue and to share it with your friends, please consider being a supporter. Follow the prompts on the screen. We would love to hear from you.